Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Mark chapter 6. That last song they sang, and here's, here's me getting out of line in the first opening statement. That last song they sang said, He gave me a reason to dance. And the reason some people don't have a reason to dance is because they're comfortable in their excuse. They get so comfortable in those excuses, they can't see the reason to dance. You got problems. Whoop-dee-doo. Everybody else does. You've made a mess in your life. Others have too. Get over yourself. You're not the only one. Get over your feelings. You're not the only one. Grow up. In case I preach this in Carrollton, I won't say much more. They might might watch your live stream, and I don't want to offend anybody. I got to go home to them. But You're just not the only one with problems. You don't have a corner on the market. You don't have the only excuse to be upset. Life happens. Life happens. And most of what happens in life is because of your and my choices. We make our bed, we lay in our bed. But for the love of God, get out of your bed and find an altar. So much for love, right? Mark the sixth chapter. I got to get into it. Verse 30, and the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and said and said and told him all things both what had been done and what they had taught and he said come ye yourselves apart in the desert rest a while for there was many coming and going and they had leisure had no leisure so much as to eat they were so busy working they didn't have time to eat One other thing I was going to say before we get into it. In a new building, he talked about those Sunday school ages. Not big one class, not one big class. Let me just say this. Some of y'all fixing to get a call to Sunday school ministry. And you better answer the call when it happens. Because those same three or four people can't teach every class that's going to have to be taught in a new building. I remember we moved from the storefront to the to the new building. It was a sad day. It was a happy day. We moved a total of 1,500 feet just across the road. But we moved. We went from a 2 to 4 class, a 3 to 11 class, to we started 2 to 4, 5 to 8, 9 to 11. Now we're 2 to 4, 5 to 6, 7 to 8, 9, 10, 11. And... Uh, that call to Sunday school don't get answered near as easily when it's there, when there's a need. So go ahead and be praying about it, get involved in it, start studying Sunday school lessons. You can't go wrong with Jonah and the whale, three Hebrew boys. Practice and uh, get ready. <clears throat> anyway, in verse 37, Jesus said unto them, give them to eat. And they say unto him, shall we go out and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? And he said, what do you got? They said, we got two fish and five loaves. 
And uh, you know the story. He fed 5,000. And verse 42, and they, uh, they did all eat and were filled, because Jesus don't leave you halfway. And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fishes, and they did eat of the loaves. And they that did eat of the loaves were about 5,000 men. Straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida. Oh, he sent the people away. When he had sent them away, he, he departed into a mountain to pray. Disciples get into a storm. The boat starts getting tossed in the sea. Jesus comes walking to him. I'm giving you the MLT to speed things up. Matthew Life Translation. When they saw him, they were scared. They got worried. They said, what is this? He said, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And he walked out to them on the water. And verse 52. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. I'll preach to you, help the Holy Ghost for a few minutes this morning on this title. Don't forget the baskets. Don't forget the baskets. Would you put your Bible down? Would you lift your hands to heaven and ask God to speak to us today? Heavenly Father, we love you. God, we're so thankful to be in your presence today. We're so thankful to be in your house. God, I pray that you would bless this service this morning. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost flow in this house, God. Minister to each and every person. Speak to our hearts and our lives, God. You're able to do exceeding abundant above all we could ask or think. We ask you to move in Jesus' name. We give you all the glory and all the honor. And all the praise belongs to you in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. We read in Mark chapter 6 the parable of the feeding of the 5,000. One of the greatest stories of Jesus' miracles. It is the, I believe, the only miracle in the synoptic gospels that all four of the gospel writers actually mention. It was such a big deal that when Jesus did it again and fed 4,000, only I think two or three of them wrote about it because it was the first time was so amazing. But he gets into this place and he, he tells them, let's depart and go up. So that way we can catch a break. We need to rest. We need to eat. We need to, we need to get some rest. And we read that they get out there and they push out a little bit and they are thronged with people. Ministry never stops. Ministry is always happening. There's always a need. And they're ministering to people. And they've been hours into it. And Jesus said, we got to feed them. And they said, shall we go to town and buy 200 penny worth? And we go buy $200 worth. And Philip, being the true disciple and human, said, what is this among so many? And Jesus said, well, no, we're not going to go buy anything. What do you have here? And they said, there is a lad that has two fish and five loaves. Here's the problem with this story right off the bat. Number one, Jewish custom was they were to carry baskets with them as they traveled. We call them suitcases in today's world. They were to carry these baskets. This is the one I could find in your kitchen during song service. Brother Gary was with me. I wasn't just going through your cabinets. But they were to carry baskets. In that basket, there was supposed to be enough hay, 
to make a pillow. That way they didn't have to lay in the Gentile beds. They had to stay in a they had to stay in a day's inn. They had their own comfort. They were supposed to bring enough clothing. That way they didn't have to go shop in a Gentile shop. And they were supposed to bring enough food. That way they didn't have to eat at the table of a Gentile. They were supposed to be separated people. They were supposed to have their, their, provin, their provincial stuff taken care of, providential issues addressed. Instead, they get there, and out of 5,000 men, there was ladies and kids there. I think it's because they said there's 5,000 men there to point out how many were ill-prepared for the day. Wives didn't pack the car that day. And so they get there and they said, well, there's just one lad that has two fish and five loaves. There's nothing else. Master, what is this among so many? And Jesus says, bring them to me. And begins to bless and he begins to break these loaves and these fish. Somebody said, how did he feed 5,000 men? Well, with women and children, there is probably closer to 20,000 people that were fed that day. If every man was married, every Jewish family had at least two kids. For sake of math, we'll go with 20,000. How do you feed 20,000 people with five fish and two loaves, five loaves and two fish? One old man said, one at a time. But every single person left filled. Every single person left full. Because Jesus isn't ready to just satisfy one. The goal is for everybody to leave full. And so Jesus begins to bless and Jesus begins to break. He begins to tell his disciples, go feed the people. Go give them food. And so they dumped out the basket. I don't believe it's one of those things like the cruise of oil that never ran out. I believe those guys ran out. They had to go back to Jesus and say, that went two aisles. What am I supposed to do now? And Jesus, the whole time, he's just blessing and breaking and blessing and breaking and breaking and breaking until they come to him. They said, Jesus, you're stuffed. Everybody's full. Nobody wants anymore. And Jesus says, Okay, take your baskets back and go fill them up with all the fragments. Go get the leftovers. Somebody said, well, they got 12 baskets because there was 12 disciples. Maybe. But if they've ever served food like I serve food, they were snacking while they were, while they were handing it out. Peace for you, two for me. Peace for you, two for me. And they're passing it out. But they come back and they said, he said, well, what's left? They said, 12 baskets. He said, okay. You boys go to the other side. Go to Bethsaida. We got stuff to do tomorrow. Go over there. I'm going to go to the mountain and pray. They go, they get on the boat. They start to get tossed and driven by the waters. Storm clouds are raging. Things are going on. The boat looks like it's going to fall apart at times. And they're worried and they're stressed and they're frustrated. They're upset. They're scared. And the whole time, Jesus is sitting in the mountain looking down. Say, well, there, they'll be all right. And he continues to pray. Doesn't come. 
The boat starts getting tossed and wrecked, and Jesus just starts to walk out to them. The Bible says he would have passed them by, but they called out to him. They were scared at the Spirit. It's, oh, it's something else. Jesus said, be of good chariot as I. But the greatest indictment that we read on the entire New, in the entire New Testament, in my opinion, on the 12 disciples, is that it says, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves. They're in a boat. They're taken care of. And the master has walked to them. And they forgot they had 12 baskets of miracles sitting beside them. They shouldn't have worried about the storm for a moment because they had just seen Jesus turn five loaves and two fish into a miracle. We're not talking Wonder Bread loaves. We're not talking French bread loaves from Walmart. We're talking a cake that is about six inches by three inches and two fish that were the size of fish that I catch when I go fishing. Little. Not going to feed anybody. Feed one lad. But in the moment of a crisis, the Bible says that these 12 disciples, they were the closest people to Jesus, that knew the most about Jesus, that had a relationship with Jesus, that loved Jesus, that followed Jesus, that heard Jesus talk, that saw Jesus walk, that saw Jesus move. These 12 knuckleheads said, what's he going to do for us? Can he help us? Because they forgot they had just witnessed the greatest miracle of their life. I want to preach. I, I hope this comes out the way I want it to come out. I've probably preached this message here before, and if I have, you're right, Brother Bryce. I ran out. But the Holy Ghost spoke to me this week. My first thought is, you know what? I'm going to preach this because they're fixing to get a new building. So let me deal with that first. They're fixing to get a new building. And when you get to a new building, new building looks like revival. New building's going to smell like revival. New building's going to look like a great time. You're going to run. You're going to shout. You're going to dance. When you men are in there remodeling that sanctuary, I encourage you to run a few laps around the building before the chairs even get in there. Wear you out an aisle around that building. That way you know which way to run, Brother Bishop and create a path. But let me tell you, new buildings equal new problems. New problems equal new devils. New revival equals more issues. You're going to have them come in. They're going to smell like a freight train. They're going to look like a dump truck, and they're going to be messed up from the top down. But when they get in this house, there is a place that they can come, that they can find liberty, and they can find justice, and they can find peace. They can lay those grave clothes aside for a new robe, and they can walk in newness of life, because he that the Son is set free is free indeed. And there is therefore now no condemnation that are in Christ Jesus. So let me just tell you, you look like you're going into a new building, but you're fixing to walk into new problems. And you're fixing to walk into new storms. But when you get to the new storms, remember this old building and what God's done for you in this building. And if he did it at this building, he'll do it in a greater magnitude in that building. Because he's the God of revival. And it's not the will of God for you to be less than what you are right now, but it's the will of God for you to grow and get in what God has for you and establish yourself as the lighthouse of this community, as the refuge of souls. And when you get there, bring on the problems. 
There ought to be something rises up and you says, come on, devil, let's go. If you don't feel like a knuckle sandwich for the devil, you've got bigger problems than going into a new building. Brother Christian, Branson's going to have more devils than Sparta's going to have. When you get on that country show, and you start clogging, you're going to fight devils. But you're going for a reason. You're being sent for a reason. Clog your heart out for Jesus. When you get to that new building, don't forget the baskets. Because you're going to carry miracles into that place. And you're going to cause signs and wonders into that place. And you're going to say, God did it back on Church Street or whatever street this is. He did it back then. He'll do it over there. And he'll do it in greater magnitude because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Bring it on, devil. And that's what I thought I was going to preach. Would have been a good one. The Holy Ghost spoke to me. He said, you're not going to talk to the church. I want, you to, I want somebody to hear me this morning. You've witnessed God work in your life. I don't know if I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm preaching to somebody here or somebody's going to watch this. I don't ever preach the live stream. Don't ask me my opinion of the live stream. We live stream. Don't ask my opinion. But whoever it is, in this house, out of this house, or on the internet, I've come to preach to you today. Storms are coming. Maybe you just got in the boat and you haven't pushed off yet. You're fixing to go to a storm. Maybe you're in the middle of the storm. Just batting down the hatches. You're in a storm. Sometimes storms are nothing but flashes of light, and sometimes they're a hurricane. Not all storms are created equal. So don't look down on your brother when they're going through a storm because your storm may be bigger and worse. But what I've come to preach to you today is when you get in that storm, don't you forget that God is for you. And don't you forget that God is on your side. And don't you forget that you've got a church that loves you. And don't you forget that you got a God that's waiting for you to come home. And don't you forget there's an altar for you when you get here. And don't you forget that God will walk out on that sea and he'll meet you at your boat. It doesn't matter where you are or what you've done or how far you've gotten. God's fixing to come to you if you'll just begin to call on him. You got a reason to dance, but you got to get over your excuses. We shouldn't have to sing, get up out of that grave. Every single person ought to come running when that gravestone gets rolled away. But the problem, well, what would they think if I come back? You don't know the problems I've seen. You don't know the troubles I've had. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, do, do. And agony on me. Boom, despair and agony on me. And they want us to come out. And they want us to hold their hand. And, well, 
okay. What they need to hear is God's going to walk into your situation. When you get done with the excuses, and you get done hiding, and you get done being a coward, and you come back to where you know is right, and you know what God has for you, and you know where the altar is, when you come back, you're going to come back walking in the promises of God, and God's going to meet you where you're at. But the problem is, in your situation, you forgot all about the baskets. I'm not perfect. Talk to my wife. Talk to my kids. I'm not perfect. Don't talk to my mom. I'm not perfect. But when I go to my basket in times of storm, people say, well, you believe it, you believe it different than I do, and you're, you're holier now, and you're this and you're that. Blame that lady. She taught me to live this. I just grew my own convictions. But what I got in my basket is 42 years of being taught. What I got in my basket is 42 years of a pastor praying for me. 42 years of my mama praying for me. 42 years of my daddy looking, 41 years of my daddy looking out for me. I got 40 years of Sunday school teaching. I got 42 years. Brenda Frazee taught me how to pray in, in the beginner class in Pinckneyville. I prayed that beginner prayer until I, I was 18, Brother Bryce. I can't quote it now, but you probably can. She taught you the same prayer when you, you probably heard her say the same prayer. She taught my sister the same prayer. It wasn't bless the food, bless the host, bless the one that eats the most, but it was just a short little prayer that you quoted every time you went to eat. But it's in my basket. It taught us how to pray over our food. It's in my basket. Years of Sunday school teaching. Years of a youth pastor pouring into me. Years of preachers preaching to me. Years of Bible school. Four years of Bible school. I probably don't pull much out of that. But there's four years that were poured into me. Four years. I got 20 years of a wife praying for me. I got 20, I got 20 plus years of ministry. I got 20, 20 plus years of traveling across this country, working at conferences and helping do things. I know what it's like to be a stage help. Call me if you need help. I got 42 years of walking this road. And there are times life happens. And we forget that basket. Life happens and we forget that we got those things. And we go sit on the boat and we say, where's God now? Where's he at now? What? Brought us out, sound like the children of Israel. Moses, you brought us out of Egypt just to die in the wilderness? Murmuring, complaining, groaning, moaning, whining. Moses is saying, don't you remember when God divided that Red Sea? Don't you remember when God made the rock come out, water come out of that rock? Don't you remember when he made the bitter water sweet? Don't you remember when he provided for you? Don't you remember when he done this? Don't you remember when he done that? And we're sitting there and God's saying, don't you remember when I died on a cross for you? Don't you remember when I made those bitter waters sweet by throwing a tree in the ground? Don't you remember when I, when I rose from the dead? 
and provided you an opportunity to have new life. And the whole time we're saying, God, we're in a storm. And the whole time, God is saying, where's your basket, son? Where's your basket, son? Go draw from the basket. And those disciples, what they should have been doing, they should have been saying, man, it's unbelievable what God just did. It's unbelievable what God just did. We just saw God do the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. He took those two goldfish and he made he fed 20,000 people. He took those five biscuits and he made he made 20,000 people get full. And they should have been drawing from the basket, but instead they were sulking in their problems. I want to preach this with love. But I felt the Holy Ghost told me to come tell you, get out of your own way. Get out of your own way. Quit hiding behind the excuses. Quit hiding behind medication. Quit hiding behind reasons of this world and start drawing from the basket. You've, if you've been in church one year, you've been in church 80 years, I don't care. Everybody's carrying a basket because God has been nothing but good to us. Stand with me this morning. One boy brought enough food to feed 20,000. No. No. One boy brought his food to Jesus. And Jesus said, I'll feed the thousands. The rice, this church can't handle what God wants to do in this city. This local current crowd. But when we hand that crowd to Jesus, all of a sudden, it's starting to bless, starting to multiply, starting to grow, starting to get. People are going to start coming in. I, I don't believe people are going to start coming in this church getting the Holy Ghost when you get into that new building. I believe people are going to come in and start getting the Holy Ghost causing you to have to work a little faster. I don't know what the time frame is, but it's too slow. You like hearing that, don't you? And I know you're you're not in control of this first part. You got you're subject to. I work in lending. You're subject to title companies and people like me, and you don't get control of time. But you're gonna need that space sooner than you think you need that space. Based on this crowd, you need it now. But I've seen those pictures. I've rejoiced over those pictures. And God's already working a miracle. And I want everybody to be there when we move into this new building. I want to be here when you move in this new building. But there are some that won't be here if you don't get out of your own way and remember the baskets. And I felt so strong to come tell you this morning. There are miracles that you have forgotten about because you're so consumed with the storm going on around you.
We're a, we've all been a victim of something. You can be a victim or you can be victorious. And I, this is the last thing I'll say, then I'm going to turn it over and he can give altar call anyway he wants to give altar call. But I heard this the other day on a video, and I, I actually I don't I don't believe most of what I hear anymore. So I went and Googled it myself. I believe what I hear, but I believe what I read. I know. But there's a study done, and the scientists in this study have shown that the human brain, part of the brain that controls anxiety, is the same part of the brain that controls thanksgiving. So the human brain cannot transmit anxiety and thankfulness at the same time. You either choose to be anxious or you choose to be thankful. I thought, well, that's weird. But then my mind went to the scripture. I think it's Paul that says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, give thanks. <laughs> yeah, that checks. You're right, God. He designed you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I've heard that preached my whole life. What I never heard preached until a couple years ago was when a friend was preaching. He said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that my soul knoweth, right? Well, you know it. Live it. Act like it. Quit being the victim. Be victorious. Quit being down and out. Get up and at them. Quit being frustrated and live victorious. Or as the old songwriter said, don't worry, be happy. I want you to bow your, lift your, let's just lift our hands, let's close our eyes. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.